before. Bokertov, Chodeshtov, Marvin Besimcha. In the dreary world, we need Simcha. So the uh, heroes of uh, these parshias, which conclude this week with the parsha of Kude, the heroes of the construction of the Mishkan are uh, B'Tzalel ben Uri ben Chur, Lamata Yehuda, and Oholio ben Achisomoch, Lamata Don. The Torah mentions them a number of times. And uh, they have become the symbols uh, throughout the uh, history of the Jewish world of uh, creativity, artistry, talent. Uh, the uh, original school of art here in Eretz Israel, at the turn of the 20th century, it was called B'Tzalel. Still there today uh, as an institute because of the fact that B'Tzalel represents uh, this spirit of and talent of artistry. The Torah introduced us to B'Tzalel in Parsha's Truma. God spoke to Moshe. So Moshe is not the architect. Moshe is not the artist. And the Torah says, Rei Korosi Bishem Betzalel Benuri Benchur Lamata Yehuda. Behold, I have called out by name Betzalel Benuri Benchur Lamata Yehuda. So all the before she asked the question, where did he call them out? This is the first time we meet it. And God tells Moshe, I called them out before. Ray Karosi. He doesn't say, Kach as Betzal ben Uri ben Take him and instruct him. Karosi, I already called on him. So there's an idea, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein in his commentary to Chumash, other commentators, it's uh, the idea is almost uh, uh, self-evident. And the idea is as follows. That Every human being receives a talent from the Creator. Now, in life, there are many things that happen that obscure that talent, or that the person 
himself or herself does not realize that they have that talent and do not exploit that talent in their lives. Uh, Many, many surveys have been made about people who uh, work, have a job. Almost all the surveys indicate that most people who have jobs don't like their jobs. They would be rather doing something else. The only thing is we have to put food on the table. We have to pay the mortgage. There are other external factors that force us to engage in whatever we're engaging in. But uh, I, uh, it's not, in, the, in current vernacular, we would say that's not really me. It's not what I want. Because, so to speak, the soul of the person doesn't respond to the behavior of the person. The soul of the person wants something else. And uh, the person therefore remains unfulfilled simply because the soul wants one thing and the person is doing another thing completely. So uh, the interpretation is Karosi B'Shem. I created Batsal ben Uri ben Hur. I called him out from the beginning. In other words, when we're in our mother's womb yet. And it says, I gave him talent and wisdom and the gift of creativity. And the same thing with all the of. So Moshe, now you give them a chance to exploit that talent and to build the Mishka. read uh, in the Navi Yirmiyo that uh, the Rabboni Shalom in his first prophecy so he says before you were fully formed I knew you already in the womb Novi Lagoyim Nesaticho I have made you a prophet for all the nations of the world. That, so to speak, is his calling. That's the talent that he had as a, as a child. But what happens is that oftentimes, because of the pressures of life, 
or a family or, or everything else that impinges upon us. Uh, we are unable to follow the calling that we really want to have within ourselves. So the Novi Yirmiyo doesn't want to be a Novi. Nobody wants to be a Novi. Because a Novi has to say that he cannot be politically correct, let's put it that way. Cannot say nice things when nice things are not the truth. And he is forced to make predictions that oftentimes are dire predictions. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear an Ovi that says that the Jewish people will go into exile and that the Beit HaMikdash will be destroyed and that Jewish independence will be uh, completely eliminated. So both Yeshaya and Yermia and Amos and uh, the other prophets of the time Hosea, they certainly don't want to be a Novi. Almost says, I'm a shepherd. They don't want it. But it's forced upon them. But it's not only forced upon them by external pressures, it's forced upon them by their own inner self. He was born to be a Novi. That's what it means. That's who you are. And that's who you are, and that's what you have to be. So uh, the Mephorshim say that life uh, generally is, uh, we say it's the pursuit of happiness, not really it's the pursuit of oneself. What are we? What am I supposed to be? And we cannot just deal with it in matters of occupation, of what the person does for a living, because oftentimes, or maybe even in the majority of times, that does not in any way really reflect who the person is. And you can see that a uh, hundredfold. Uh, uh, there are people who are physicians, doctors, who obviously don't want to be a doctor. And then there are people who are physicians and doctors, and for them that's their whole life, their whole existence. It's true in every facet of life. So when the Rabboni Shalom told Moshe, Rei Karosi B'Shem B'Tzalo Ben Uri Ben Chur, 
and that I filled him with talents and creativity, the Rabboni Shalom said, look, you've got people that can build a Mishkan. Now the task is to identify those people and to inspire them and to give them an opportunity to develop that creativity. That's a difficult thing in a society. Again, because of the fact that so many other factors impinge upon it, uh, that it becomes almost impossible. I uh, knew uh, there was a, a wonderful Jew here in uh, in Shalim, uh, Elio Kitov, Elio Monkatovsky. Uh, for a while, he was with Poli Agudis Yisrael, but he was uh, he, he was. Uh, a very clever man, and he was an orator. He was a really an inspirational person. And he had a daughter uh, who had a gift for art, for painting. Now, he's a main sharm de Gayid with the whole outfit. And he sent her to Paris to study art. And she became a very uh, good painter. I don't, uh, you know, she had exhibitions all over the world. I knew her as I knew him. So I once asked him directly, you know, you send a a young girl to Paris to art. That's really asking for it. Especially if she comes out of Mayor Shorit. Not equipped to deal with what she's going to have to see there. And in the school itself. And he said to me, he said, What choice did I have? Thus is doch ir nishoma. That's her soul. I cannot fight against her soul. I cannot fight against what her being really is. And he says, you see, it turned out, and it did turn out. She was a religious Jew all of her life. She was the mother of children. She had a big family, everything. But that is a recognition of what the Torah tells us here. I called out. And so sometimes the Lord forces things upon us.
Mephorshim say, it says, but, but what, why was his name Betzalel? Betzalel El Hoyisa. You're in the shadow of God. What does that mean? And we see that Moshe Rabbeinu in the uh, discussion that he has with Betzalel is forced to admit that Betzalel was right and he was wrong as to whether the uh, Kalim of the Mishkan should be built first or the Mishkan should be built first. So he's the shadow of God. So the Mephorshim explained that nobody is the shadow of God, but that we say that the Rabboni Shalom Kaviyochel has attributes. The Ramam says the attributes have to be viewed from a negative point of view. In other words, when we say God is merciful, we are really saying he's not cruel. Because we cannot attribute to God any sort of description. But basically, uh, without that Rambam, uh, we uh, think of attributes. The Rabbanu Shalom Yud Midos, the 13 attributes of God, Kel Rachum Vechanu, Nerech Hapayim, Rav One of the primary attributes of God is that he's a creator. He's an originator. Boreolo created this universe. And the more we know about the universe, the greater we are in awe of the creation, of how perfect it is. And how if one little thing was different, it couldn't exist. If we were a little closer to the sun, the earth would burn up. And if we were a little farther, there could be no life. We would freeze. There are literally millions of little things that have to go right in order for anything to go right. would say uh, regarding human beings that if God forbid that we're ill something went wrong so we're astounded but we should be astounded that everything goes right and look at what a complicated thing everything has to work perfectly and we see from uh, our own creations in life that rare is the time when everything works perfectly. So the Rabboni Shalom told Betzalel, you're in the shadow of God. The Rabboni Shalom is Mechadesh, Mechadesh Bechol Yom Tomid every day renews the wonders of creation. So your creativity is a godly asset. It's a reflection of the creator. 
end, the Mephoshim point out, there's a Gemara, the Mephoshim said, Barosi Yetzer Tov, Barosi Yetzer Hara. I have created aspirations and uh, intentions to do good, and I have created also within human beings uh, the aspirations and ability to do great harm, to make war, to kill, to steal, to be immoral. All of those things are built within us. And then he said, but when I created the Tavlin, I created an antidote to it. I didn't leave it alone in the world. So that it could be channeled. The Torah is the Tavlin. I'll give you a wild example that doesn't apply to anyone that we know. There are people that uh, have a very, very good voice, or they have uh, an ability to uh, <clears throat> sing melodies, etc. And when they do so, it gives them pride, as it should. So uh, the uh, Jewish society has always provided a channel for that. Whether you're the great chazan that gives concerts, or you're the baltrila that davens rishkedesh, but there's a channel for you. There's a place for you to express your talent. to be a great singer. There are people uh, that like to speak. I know some people like that. So the Lord gives you an opportunity. Here's a big Torah. A lot of ideas. You can talk about it. Not only that, it says with the Bartabom, I want you to talk about it. There are people who have a talent to write. So write about it. Write things that have uh, meaning. That will enthrall people, even entertain people. If you want to, you can also write terrible things. So the talent is given. Uh, the The channels by which the talent can be developed are also present. The tavlin is here. Then the question is what the person does with it. That's the choice in life.
What do we do with our talents, with our gifts? How are we able to handle it? So in our time, we can reduce it to uh, uh, matters of uh, wealth, money. Bonishon gives certain people blessings. Today there are billionaires. It's no, uh, it's no big deal to be a millionaire anymore. A billionaire. They'll be trillionaires. So that's a gift from God. The question is, what do you do with it? Even more, the question is, what does it do to you? How, how, uh, how can you handle it? Now we see in the world, there's something called artistic temperament, right? Well, he's a great opera singer, so he can be, uh, he never has to control his temper, or he never has to uh, control his desires, or uh, he can uh, eat whatever he wants, etc., because he has artistic temperament. That's an idea that's fixed in human society. The Torah does not recognize artistic temperament. The Torah, if anything, recognizes artistic responsibility. You have such a great talent, let's see what you do with it. You have such great wealth, let's see what you do with it. So that uh, the judgment of heaven is always subjective, not objective. I don't have to uh, impress upon you the famous statement of Reb Zusha of Annapolar, who said, uh, you know, that uh, when he is judged in heaven, so what are they going to ask him? Uh, why wasn't he to go in Vilna? He says, he has an answer. He doesn't have to go in his mind or memory. And why wasn't he this? He didn't have the books and he didn't have the opportunity. He has an answer for everything. But he said, they're going to ask me, why wasn't I Zusha? That I have no answer for. They'll show him what Zusha could have been. That's the measure. That's, that's the problem here. So Bitsalel has an opportunity Chazal say he was a very young child. He was only bar mitzvah when he started to work on the Mishkan. I don't know how we're supposed to understand that, but we can't. There was a time when 13 years old, it was not 13 years old like it is today. Today, I, my opinion is that we should make bar mitzvahs at 30. <laughs> That's the start to get it a little by then. To make a 13 year old kid, it's wasted. But who am I? But, uh, you have this great he's so creative and he's so talented. So, what's going to be with him?
Moshe tell him to build the Mishkan. That's what he's here for. That's what he'll be judged on. That's how he'll be remembered. And the same thing is true of all the of, and the same thing is true. It says, it says over and over again in the parsha, "Kol chacham leiv." Everyone with a wise heart came and did what they could. Their heart told them what to do. And that is uh, an enormous, enormous challenge to all of us. When I had the yeshiva in Munsi, we had a cook. Uh, and uh, she was a nice Jewish lady. Nothing's, you know, it's cooked. But she was so uh, devoted to providing the meals that should be of uh, edible quality, which in yeshivas is always questionable, that uh, we didn't pay her that much, couldn't afford it. And uh, once uh, I had to say, you know, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I don't have the money to pay you this month, and I, I, I'm going to tell the uh, the parents to send the food with their students. And she said, "You don't have to do that, Rabbi. I mean, I do this out of love. I don't care whether you pay me or not." That's why the food tasted good. You didn't care. You didn't care. When I was in the yeshiva in Chicago a long time ago, the 19th, still the 40s, so there was a Jew in Chicago who every week, he, he had an egg business. He gave yeshiva eggs and there was a Jew that was a wholesale grocer that every week he gave uh, jello to the yeshiva. So our lunch every day was egg salad and jello. So uh, we uh, complained. We were tired of the menu. And we complained to the cook. And she wept. Because that's all they gave her to, to make. With. The Rebbe, my Rebbe heard about it. He said to us in the class, he, he complained. So we said, yeah, Rebbe, we're, you know, we're tired. Egg salad and jello. I can't take it anymore. So he said, uh, there are three people, he said here, that are kona olam haba because of this lunch. The guy who gave the eggs, mm-hmm. 
the guy who gave the jello, and the cook. He said, you want to take away their olamaba? Go ahead. Mm. We never said a word after that. was a way to look at things. He said, this man went into the egg business in heaven, they said, because he's going to have to give egg salad to the yeshivas. He's got to have eggs, so we'll put him in the egg business. (laughs) That's how the Torah looked at things. And therefore, that's betzayel ale. You're in the shadow of God, whatever you do. And we're all called by name, Rei Karosi B'Shem. So that has a great influence upon us. It makes our lives meaningful. You can be Kona Mabo with egg salad. That was a big lesson to us. You don't have to be the Vilna So uh, the Mishkan speaks to us, even though there's no Mishkan today, there's no Beit HaMikdash yet, but the Mishkan still speaks to us, because it reflects the creativity and uniqueness of each and every one of us, the soul, it defines what we want to be, and if we're able to somehow have a moment satisfaction of really being what we want to be, so then we're in touch with our Creator, and that's what it says, I will dwell in them. And that's the idea of the Mishkan. So have a great Shabbat and a great Chodesh. Stay dry and stay warm. Kol Tov.